Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 30. I have it on the screen. It says this. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, we thank you for your invitation for us to find rest for our souls. This morning, our prayer, God, is that we would take on your easy yoke and that our burden would be light as we find favor and peace in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you've been with us for any amount of time, you know that we have been walking through a series on rest, and we are actually concluding that today. And so you're, you're getting a rest from rest, uh, a sermon on it anyway. Uh, some of you, this has been eye-opening for you. Others, like, you hate it because you're just used to going at a pace that's ungodly, honestly. Uh, you're like, yeah, when, when can we go to that activation part of a sermon series where I get to do things? Uh, and uh, you get to rest. This is part of following Jesus. And so uh, this is our last time. And what we're talking about is the Sabbath, the way of Jesus in a weary world. The passage we just read is a familiar one. It's the one we actually started this whole sermon series on. It's this invitation for humanity to find rest for our souls in Jesus himself. Jesus invites the tired and broken and weary and not, to find rest, but not just any kind of rest. A rest that is found in him, a rest for your heart, a rest for your soul, where the burden is light and the yoke is easy. And we read this passage and, and our hearts are just longing for that. It's written that way, that our hearts should desire this kind of rest. We read it and we're like, yes and amen, right? Like, I'm just tired from this week. I am exhausted. We come here on a Sunday, and while we want to smile and worship, and some of you are, you're lifting your hands, we are coming here, and we're spent. And we desire this rest that we read from in the scriptures. Our hearts long for this. So if you would entertain me for a little bit, I want you to do something if you feel comfortable. But I want you to imagine with me. Maybe close your eyes if, if you feel comfortable doing so. You don't have to. It's totally up to you. But imagine coming home after an exhausting week of work. If you're lucky, you put in 40 hours, but the reality is that you've probably put in much, much more. You make your way to bed after a, a nice dinner. Maybe you ordered something. Maybe uh, you cooked it. Maybe a family friend had you over for dinner. And you make your way to bed to turn in for the night. The lights go out, but this time it's different. You don't set your alarm. You just fall asleep. And when you wake up, you wake up as the sun is rising. But when you wake up, you're actually awake. You're not dragging out of bed. You're not half tired from the lack of sleep the night before, but your body has gotten the sleep it needs. 
Now imagine you're up and, and taking your time to, to get up in the morning and you're reading a psalm and you thank God for the day. Maybe you walk to your favorite coffee shop and enjoy a great cup. I mean, you can just smell the espresso being grinded up as, as, as it's uh, getting ready for your drink. Maybe you decide to go for a nice scenic drive or a walk through a park. Maybe you take time to stretch and go for a, a quick run or a hike. Uh, maybe you take an hour out of your day like me and, and go to Livingstone and do a sweat sesh and some mobility kind of thing. And uh, you just start to feel your body come into of itself. Afterward, you decide to go for maybe a, a great beer or a margarita or a solid lunch from a 2M barbecue. Maybe it's just me. But you take your, your time. You're not rushing through a drive through line. You're taking time to sit in your surroundings. You can smell the aroma of delicious food being cooked and permeating the air. And maybe you share a meal with those you love. You're laughing. You take time to thank God for what is going on in your life, in the life of your family. You're sharing these stories with your friends and closest people in your circle. You're talking about God's goodness showing up in your life. Maybe you take time to read or meditate and relax. Maybe you plop on the couch with your spouse, your significant other, your kids, or you take time for yourself and you sit in silence. Maybe you take some time even in that moment to create. Maybe it's writing a poem. Maybe it's painting or drawing or a craft or whatever slows your body down. Finally, you're starting to breathe, and your soul is getting what your body has longed for. You stop, rest, worship, and delight. You can open your eyes. It sounds beautiful, right? This is an invitation to Sabbath rest. This is the rhythm of life that God invites us into. That sounds appealing because this is how God has wired us. It's what we have been wired to desire at a soul level. Rest and communion with God. This isn't just a day off. This is a time of worship and reflection and delighting in God in every sense of the word. Ryan has talked about the invitation to rest uh, two weeks ago and the value of a rhythm last week, but we've yet to really uncover the why aside from the invitation itself. We are invited into rest and we can create a rhythm, but my call to us this morning is that we would embrace the Sabbath rhythm and see that it is what God has called us to do. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you've been up in church in any amount of time, if you grew up in it, if you sang that last song, you already know. You're like, okay, that's Old Testament. <laughs> and I get it. I get it. We're going to cover that. But we'll see that, that this, this whole idea of rhythm of rest is something that God has ordained, and it is a gift to humanity. It is a gift to us to receive. Right? So we hear the words Sabbath and immediately think Old Testament commandment, Ten Commandments, Weird rules, yeah, no thank you, I am not doing that. There's some weird rules in the, New, in the Old Testament, like shrimp and cutting hair and circumcision and things. And you're like, no thank you, let's skip to the grace part of the New Testament. <laughs> uh, and and I, I understand the, the pause that comes with that and some of the hesitancy. 
And that is, <laughs> but, but, but what if we took a different approach and realized that the Sabbath principle wasn't a rule to be added to our lives, but a gift from God modeled by him from the earth's foundation? Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, we see this implementation from the very beginning. It says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he had rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. We see that God himself begins to model this rhythm of life for you and me. Right, for six days, if you're not, let me give you a backtrack history. For six days, God has, has spent this, this time laboring, creating the, the earth from its very foundations just by speaking it to existence. And life begins to form. He's exercising his authority over life and his design for human flourishing. Everything is building upon the next thing for life to be sustained and for humanity to take enjoyment. Think about it. When you read the Old Testament next time, when you read the account of creation, notice how it is being developed so that life form could be sustained, ultimately so that humanity, you and me, could enjoy creation. Think about it. Day one, God creates the heaven and the earth. Day two, God creates the sky. Day three, creates land. On day four, the stars, moon, sun. I'm just kind of giving an over, overview of it. On day five, he creates life that lives within water. And on day six, the creatures that inhabit the dry land. But the apex of his creation is humanity. Man and woman created in the image of God, created to rule and reign over the earth giving man and woman the responsibility to multiply the earth and work together in the garden. God sees this, and he says it's very good. But on day seven, God rests. Now, we hear that, and we think, well, like, is God tired? Like, did, is he tired from talking? Is that is it just he just spoke it, and it just appeared? No, 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 no. God is modeling something for you and I to take notice that our heart would desire. Right? What he is modeling is an institution or the practice of Sabbath long before it becomes a word even used in the scriptures. This is a principle that God models himself for you and for me. And there's something different about this day. The seventh day, as uh, scripture refers to it. The Sabbath day. If you go back and read, there's two primary things. He blesses this day. It's the only day that, that it's called this, and he calls it holy. The Sabbath is so sacred as time progresses throughout the Old Testament that we see that even as, as the exodus is happening, that the people of God have endured slavery and hardship and all these things, God puts this into principle for them to remember to do, to reflect on the goodness of God, to take rest in who he is, to remind them that he is the provider and that he is good and that rest could be found in him. He says this as a list of commandments where he's telling people not to kill, not, not to, to murder anybody. And, and he doesn't really give a lot of reasons why on those, which is kind of fascinating. He's just like, hey, just don't do that. Don't do that. But on this particular commandment, he gives a little bit of a lengthy description. He gives an explanation on the why. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, he says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your sons or your daughters, your male servant, female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This day is holy and it is blessed and it is a time for humanity to stop, rest, worship, and delight. The people who endured the slavery and the oppression of Pharaoh and the tyranny of the empire were to honor and thank God for their deliverance and the hope they had in him. This day is a beautiful day marked by the history of God's creation in the world. And it is a beautiful day for you and I. We partake in this. Guy Prentice Waters in his book, The Sabbath as Rest and Hope for the People of God, says this about the worship element of Sabbath. He says, the dimension of the Sabbath is perhaps the most basic. God wants all people to remember that though human beings were made to work, he made them for more than work. He has made it his image bearers for fellowship and communion with him. This worship is the goal of human existence and human history, and the Sabbath offers a weekly reminder of that goal. We exist in a world that often lives as though there were nothing beyond the five senses, and though momentary pleasures and satisfactions are the goal of life. In such a world, the Sabbath is a needed interruption and reality check. God made us so that he would be our chiefest good, that he and his glory would be our chiefest end. Thus, the Sabbath provides a weekly reset to our priorities, attitudes, and goals so that we would return to our callings of the other six days with clarity and perspective that we need to live in a way that pleases and honors our great God. And Jesus himself was an advocate of the Sabbath. We see that Jesus would model this, that the Pharisees would try to bust Jesus for healing on, on this day, that he would do these kinds of things. Uh, Jesus would respond that the Sabbath was created for man. It was a gift to you and to me. And he is our example. It's a beautiful thing. John Mark Comer writes in The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he says this, that every chance he got, he would enjoy a nice long meal with friends over a bottle of wine, creating space. Some of you Baptists are like, wait, what? It's, it's grape juice. <laughs> it's, it's not Welch's. All right, chill. <laughs> it was the good stuff. I was going to say something, but never mind. Uh, so it was 19 crimes, right? Or was it 19 crimes? The bottle of Snoop, the Snoop on it? It was something like that, I'd imagine. I think that's what Jesus would be rocking. He, had, he rolled with a crew, so. Uh, anyway. <laughs> But he says that, that he would open up a bottle of wine and, and, and for in-depth conversations about the highs and lows of life. He would practice Sabbath on a weekly basis, an entire day set aside for nothing but rest and worship every single week. And while our hearts long to live like Jesus and our souls are desperate for rest, we have the reality of fast-paced work life and the pharaohs of our day who demand our time and we are enslaved to things like media and social networking devices that are stealing our souls. 
The reality is this, that, 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 that though we get this principle for Sabbath and we read, yes, that, that they were enslaved and, and God did a work them through, we need the reminder that we need the escape from the pharaohs of our day that are consuming our minds and hearts, and everything is trying to draw us from this rest that only Jesus can provide. It's no wonder we get anxious it's no wonder that we're trying to keep up with the Joneses as we see on Instagram. Well, this friend got this, and this friend got that, and I want this, and I want that. All while our souls are longing for peace and calm and the rest that only Jesus can provide. The truth is that most of us long for Sabbath rest, but, but we just don't know how to go about it. Right, that we know that we need, we need a day to, to stop, and that's what Sabbath means. It's Shabbat. It means to, to completely stop or to cease for a time. But we often fall short for whatever reason. Just as the serpent deceived Adam and Eve in the beginning, we are deceived even now by our modern-day culture that we must keep up. Right? The reality is that our culture tells us that, that the grind is what we value. I was, I was having a conversation with my D group earlier this week uh, how you never hear stories about guys that take all their days off, all their vacation, right? It's just like, yeah, man, that guy's a great employee. He took all his PTO. Man, he really just rested. They didn't show up for six weeks. He got six weeks paid time off. He took it all and the federal holidays, all 19 or 20 or whatever many of them there are. It's like, dang, that dude got that much time off. <laughs> and, and, but no, you don't hear stories of that. We're not really celebrating. Until recently, maybe there's been a, a rise in that, but what you hear is people celebrate sacrifice. Man, this dude took no time off. He took zero days off, and their families are suffering, and their, their kids, their marriages are suffering, and, and kids are just wishing for their parents to be at home, and then it's just like, yeah, best employee we got. Worked 80 hours this week. And it's so different than the way of Jesus. And we have convinced ourselves that this is where we find worth and this is where we find value. We value the grind. Again, we celebrate stories of success, people promoting wealth and all that we can acquire for ourselves, yet we are longing for peace and rest. For all the media we consumed and the access of information that we have and the ability that we have to make wealth for ourselves, we are burned out people. The Korean-born German philosopher Byung-Chung said in, in his book, The Burnout Society, with a haunting observation of most people in the Western world, he says this, and it make a slide, so don't worry. But he says this, they are too alive to die and too dead to live. This is us as a people. We're too alive to die and too dead to live. That we have just been stuck in the mundane. That we keep grinding to no end and finding no satisfaction at all. Think about the last time that you opened up your Instagram feed or your YouTube recommended videos. You'll find a plethora of content about grinding and side hustles and 30 ways to make more money, all while we are being further enslaved. And it is in this area that the Sabbath makes its way into our hearts and is a form of resistance to the pharaohs of our day. Sabbath is a form of resistance to the way of the world where we delight in God himself and trust 
him for his provision. But here's the thing. We are too quickly content. We're looking for the next day off, and we're satisfied with just one day where we get to just stop whatever we're doing for our normal nine-to-fives, and, and, and even then we load it up with things that, that God gets put on the back burner. Eugene Peterson describes this in part of my French, but he said he calls this the bastard Sabbath, where it, what we do is that we have a day, but with no actual worship or fulfillment or joy. It's just a day off to, to feed our desires. It's the day that we go, it's like, well, I only drink on weekends, and then next thing you know, you're going ham at, never mind, <laughs> backyard on Broadway, and then you're just like, I only drink once, and you're just like, dude, you just downed a whole liter of Tito's. Like, you, you got to chill, man, uh, but it's like, it's my Sabbath. It's my day off. It's, 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 my, it's my rest, and again, we have settled for, for just these, these basically, they're getting bones thrown our way, and we're like, we'll take it, we'll take it. Meanwhile, it's doing nothing to satisfy or quench, the quench, to quench our thirst. But Sabbath rest is different. Sabbath rest is rest for the soul. We settle, though, for self-care that plays into the multi-billion dollar industry that keeps us chained and bound to the cares of the world. But Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. So what does it look like for us to enter into Sabbath rest? I know that can be a, a tricky kind of question. Because you're like, okay, how does the Sabbath apply to me? I'm a, a mom. I have two kids. I don't, look, I don't get any time to rest, right? Or, or maybe it's, it's, it's the kind of, you're, you're like, I just don't want to. I love what I get to do and all these things. Here's the thing. Scripture says that God rested. And I'm not saying you have to take a whole Friday to Saturday kind of thing and, and just unplug from the world. Maybe, maybe you should. Maybe that's not where you're at. You're just like, I, I can't do that. I'm in med school. I, I just can't stop for a whole day and a half or whatever this looks like. I say start where you are. And here's, here's why. Uh, Ryan mentioned uh, that the body is the, what, the major prophet of our day. That our body starts to let us know when we need rest. Right? That, that how it, it, it works for him is that, that it comes in the form of anxiety. Right, that, that when your body is longing for rest, you're just like, okay, I am in fight or flight mode. I can't shut this down. And we lead, it leads us to burnout. This is why we have so many people. The, the number one thing you do, uh, here's what happens. Uh, anybody here from, I know there's a lot of people here from my gym. Livingstone crew, where are you at? Raise your hand. Yeah, there's a lot of people. All y'all, all y'all, burpees after service. <laughs> uh, but you, you walk into the gym, and you ask, hey, man, how's it going? And, the, and what do you, what's the thing? Good, but, yeah, yeah. I, I heard that at least 10 times when I walked in, into service this morning. Hey, man, how, how, is, how is your weekend? How's it going? Man, dude, we're good, but, man, we're busy. And that's some of y'all lying. I've seen y'all Instagrams. Like, <laughs> uh, you're, you're not that busy. Uh, but, but, okay, maybe you are. You are. Okay, you're busy. You're, you're, you're grinding. <laughs> you're getting that side hustle. You know, you're, you're an entrepreneur. I don't know. Like, uh, but, but here's the thing. Like, this is, this, is, this is what is always thrown our way. You ask, hey, how's it going? Man, I'm good, but I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Well, you don't slow down enough to really rest and be with God. And I say this. Again, Ryan mentioned that the body is the major prophet. 
Here's what life is like on the other side of that is that, that if, if you either have the choice to, to rest now or be rested. <laughs> In 2017, I was uh, 27 years old or so. Uh, I was on the grind. I was grinding. <laughs> I was I was living life for Jesus. I was I was excited. I mean, I was young and I was thought I was invincible. I was working nonstop. Some of you knew me then. I was in college ministry. And what is valued in that kind of space is hard work. And here's the thing. I will be outsmarted. I will be outnumbered. But I will never be outworked was my philosophy of life. That's not how I was raised. You work hard. You do your job. You go the extra mile. And in 2017, I was leading this ministry that had grown and it was growing, and I was the only person on staff. I had hired a couple more people at this point, and my body gave out. No days off. In fact, uh, this, this, this year was the first time I've taken two Sundays off in a row in, since I started ministry in 2010, uh, full-time. I did not know what rest was. I thought rest was for the week. <laughs> I was just like, that ain't me. I'm young. I got this. I, I lied. I was like, I'm healthy. I was eating Whataburger every day. <laughs> My wife makes fun of me all the time. And this is just like, man, I was fat. Uh, <laughs> I said that. She doesn't say that. She's sweet. <laughs> she doesn't say that. I said that. Uh, I'm just like, every meeting, let's go to 2M. <laughs> we'll get tacos, flour tortillas, baby. Let's load those things up. Uh, but the reality is that I was depending on things like caffeine just to keep me through the day. I was going, this is, this is a confession time, all right? I was going through like six cups of coffee uh, one month. And I, this, I said, I was buying coffee for ministry. I spent 700 bucks on coffee in a month. Some of you are like, whoa. Some of you are like, that's it? <laughs> uh, so y'all got problems. Uh, <laughs> find rest in the Sabbath. Anyway, so I got to this point. I will never forget, it was, our, our, it was the last event that we had for our Christmas uh, season. It was 2017. I was getting ready to go to our Christmas party, and I could not get up. I tried. I tried to get up. I couldn't get out of bed, and this is how I know is I was not feeling well. I, I, my body was just kind of giving out. I, like, managed to crawl out of bed, and I, this, yeah, my stomach was not, was not feeling this, and so I just, Pardon my, again, what I'm about to say. I was vomiting everywhere. I had a trash bag, and I was just like, I don't know what's happening. This is dumb. God, heal me. I got an event to go to. This is, this is where I was at. I'm praying for healing in my living room floor, and I'm saying, God, I need you to fix me because in two hours. God didn't, and I was necio. For, <laughs> that was Spanish for hard-headed. Uh, I was hard-headed, so what I, what I do? I got an Uber to this event. <laughs> uh, I was like, I can't drive, but I need to be there. This, this thing is dependent on me. I need to be there. Meanwhile, I had other staff members at this point. I get to this event, and I am a wreck. I am trying to save face. I am trying my best to, to keep it together. And guess what? I make it through because that's what you do. When ministry is dependent on you and I need to do this and this is falling on me, I got to work hard. And I remember going home after that, getting an Uber home again because I couldn't drive and thinking, man, something is wrong with me. 
Something is wrong with me. My heart is, is racing. My heart is beating fast. I think I am probably having a heart attack at this point, but I tried to just take some, some like pills to go to sleep. Uh, some Benadryls. I don't know why Benadryl, but this was like, oh, this helps, I think. I don't know. And I wake up, and I'm feeling the same way, except this time I was <laughs> messier and tried to drive. I tried to drive to Las Palapas to get some tacos because I was like, hey, tacos will fix this. <laughs> uh, horrible, right? Uh, and I couldn't. I couldn't even make it down the street. I had to turn around. I called my parents, and I was like, hey, something is wrong. I think I need to go to the hospital. I didn't want to go. I literally think I'm having a heart attack, and I'm there. And what proceeds next is, hey, man, uh, after hours and scans and all these kinds of things, there's nothing wrong with you, actually. What you have is severe stress and exhaustion. And I said, talking to the doctor who's, uh, uh, at this point, I got to know a little bit of his story because you know me, I'm like, I'm going to share the gospel with this guy. <laughs> I'm going to show this doctor. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, not really. It's, I mean, kind of, but, you know, I was young and dumb and arrogant. And he says, hey, um, Izzy, I, I'm not really a, a man of faith. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Sinner. Uh, kidding. Uh, but he goes, and I don't really read the Bible, but he's like, isn't there something in there about rest? And in that moment, I was just like, all right, this atheist got me. <laughs> and it's in that moment where the Sabbath rest was forced upon my life. After that, I didn't really care about ministry. I mean, I did. Obviously, I'm doing this now. But it could not come at the expense of my soul. There's no way that the amount of students we'd reach or the amount of people we would win for Christ would keep me in that state of being. I haven't gotten this right all the time. In fact, I fail at it a lot. But it's in those moments that I realize that the rest that Jesus invites me into isn't so that I can just do more things for God. It's so that I can enjoy God for who he is. And this is Sabbath rest. This is what Jesus invites us into. I want to invite you into this as well. And so maybe a 24-hour period is a little bit too much for you. A too much time to stop, and I would say maybe decide for, for yourself what this looks like. I know all of us have different Sabbath rhythms and, and, and ways of doing this, and I'm going to give you mine in a little bit, but here's the focus of what I want you to think about. Just for a moment, what would your life look like for a certain period of time to do these things? To stop, to rest, to delight, into worship. What does a day look like for you? I'll be honest, for, for me, uh, I've done this really well and I've done this poorly. But <laughs> my Sabbath rhythm, and, and I think Ryan's is kind of similar, but usually this looks like for me on Fridays. Again, this isn't just a day off. And this is, I've done this poorly and I've done this well. I'm learning what this looks like again as a married man uh, because we have different schedules and all these kinds of things. But but if you would ask me a year ago, hey, man, wh wh what does your Sabbath look like? I would say it's a day of doing this, to stop, to rest, to delight, and to worship. For me, it would start on a Friday. I would wake up, 
everything that I kind of just mentioned in our little intro kind of piece of, man, just waking up without an alarm, that was my Friday. I would walk to Stranded Coffee. I would read a psalm. I'd get to know the baristas there. It was a day that I got to choose to be uh, kind and all these kinds of things. It was a time where I would invite friends. For me, I'm an introvert, and so if you're asking me what do I do in a day off, I'm literally going to just be alone and not talk to anybody and probably read for eight hours straight. Uh, But this was a time for me to worship and fellowship. I would grab a friend, and we would catch up, and I was just like, hey, we are not talking work. Uh, let's just hang as, as, as homies. Let's kick it. We would worship. I would, I would read a song. I, w- I would listen to worship music. I, I would take time to really be with God and enjoy just life and everything that God had to bring my way and thank him for it. And as, again, it doesn't have to be a 24-hour period for you, but this was a time where I would literally, and some of y'all would be like, your phone stays on Do Not Disturb, but uh, my phone would be on Do Not Disturb. At, Ryan actually just shuts his phone off, like, completely. It's like, you can't get a hold of him, and that's incredible. It's time to just completely stop and be with God and enjoy his presence. But the, the point of stopping is to remind us that though there's always work to be done, Our limitations remind us that we are not God. That we're to stop, breathe, and be with God and be in our surroundings. So take a moment to stop. Maybe you're going to, I'm going to ask you some questions here at the end, but but take time to really think about what does stopping look like in your life? What about rest? This one might be hard, but maybe try getting eight hours of sleep. That's the most spiritual thing some of you can do because y'all be up till like 3 a.m. and then still, I don't know how you get here to church at, at 10. I'm like, some, some of y'all ain't really getting here at 10, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but you know, like what would it look like? God has wired our bodies this way, right? To, to get actual rest. Maybe tie, take time and carve out time to get some sleep. Read a psalm, find rest in God and his word and make a plan to take care of things that could hinder your rest. If you feel that social obligations hinder your rest, say no. Say no. Ryan mentioned this the other, the other week, that sometimes our no will offend people. That's okay. We all got to grow up. We all need maturity in those areas. But sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is say, no, I'm staying home. I'm resting. This is me practicing Sabbath. The Sabbath, no. I love that. I'm going to keep doing that. Y'all, somebody invite me somewhere. I'm going to be like, nah, <laughs> I'm good. And then unless it's like, okay, actually, I think I want to do that. Uh, but, but, but don't be afraid to say no. And for that time, maybe you say no to some chores or tasks that deplete your energy. And then another one, delight. What does it look like to delight in God? In his book, Sabbath, Dan Allender says this, that the Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives. Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time when we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in its fullness. Few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. We are not used to enjoying life. 
This is how Jesus intended us to live, to have life and have it abundantly. And delight may look different for each person, but this looks like, again, enjoying an incredible meal. I'm all about the meals. (laughs) Uh, That's why I had to join the nutrition program at our gym, because I was just like, look, I can't keep doing this. (laughs) I got to do something different. I want to look like Malcolm when I'm 50. So join Livingstone. Anyway, <laughs> but, but this, is, this might look different for every person. Maybe do some, some poetry or pottery. Maybe take a walk in a beautiful park. Enjoy the presence and the gift of God that he gives to us. John Mark Comer says this. He says, just put all that away and enjoy. Drink deeply from the well of ordinary life. A meal with friends, time with family, a walk in the forest, afternoon tea. Above all, slow down long enough to enjoy life with God, who offers everything that materialism promises but can never deliver on, namely contentment and worship. The beauty of the rhythm that we have been given uh, in the New Testament is that we worship on Sabbath, which is today. Sunday. Now, for some of us, it looks different because we work on Sundays and, and, and whatnot, and we're here, and we're here early in the morning and all that kind of stuff. But what does it look like to worship God in this space where you wake up, and you come here, and you sing songs with family, right? You sing praises to God. You take time and, and pray and meditate on the scriptures, and then you leave this place. You invite a friend to lunch. Maybe you get to know the person that you sit next to and say, hey, you want to grab a, a coffee from Gold? Maybe you want to get a little biscuit thing from Brothers Frank? Maybe, Rob, you want to go to Camp Outpost every week? Uh, it's a good spot. Uh, but what does it look like to, to share a meal with family, the family of God? Gather with the body of Christ and listen to worship music that fixes our hearts on God. This is Sabbath rest, and we have an invitation to play into that and to accept God's invitation that he says from the very beginning that we studied that we would come to him and find rest. So I want to invite the band up really quickly and leave you with a couple of questions. And simple as this. What does it look like to have a Sabbath rhythm in my life? How can I plan to stop, rest, worship, and delight. Maybe you need to pull out your phone and get the notes app and say, hey, on this Sunday or next coming Sunday, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to rest. I'm going to worship. I'm going to invite a friend to lunch. And I'm going to call it a day to give thanks to God and enter into the rest that he offers. How can I stop rest, worship, and delight? And already, What does it look like to go ahead and prepare for the obstacles that might come your way? Here's the reality. You have to plan for the Sabbath. If you don't, it's easy for that to get thrown in the back burner. Next thing you know, you're checking your email. I I was telling Sarah this the other day. This is the hardest thing for me is to put away sometimes my phone and put away my computer. Because as she's getting ready for something, it's easy for me just to pull out my computer. I'm like, well, let me check this email. Let me respond to this real quick. Next thing I know, three hours have gone by, and I'm not present with God or my surroundings and my wife and enjoying God. And I'm probably not the only one guilty of this, 
right? Like that you, maybe it's not work or email for you. Maybe it's your social media. You're like, I, I, I am, let me just check this real quick. And then, so, you know, you're doom scrolling for three hours. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what just happened, but four hours of my life went by and I'm just not any better for it because of TikTok. Yeah. And you learned all these things, but actually learned nothing because I'm just like, half that stuff's fake. Anyway, <laughs> But what does this look like to anticipate the obstacles that are coming your way that might prevent you from enjoying God's gift of Sabbath rest? So take a couple minutes, think through these questions, and I'm going to pray.